0: Welcome to BrainStuff from HowStuffWorks.com, where smart happens. Hi, I'm Marshall Brain with today's question. How do self-driving cars work? Who wouldn't like to have a car that drives itself? The idea of being able to sleep or to use your laptop during the commute to work is certainly appealing. The idea of having your car drop you off at the door of a store and then go park itself is also attractive. And then there's the safety thing. Human beings just are not that good when it comes to driving, with millions of automobile accidents causing damage, injury, and death every year. If we all had self-driving cars, it would be great. Two recent announcements have made self-driving cars seem a lot closer to reality. The first comes from the Army, which is now using self-driving vehicles to guard a large military facility and nuclear waste dump in Nevada. And then there's Google, which recently announced that it's developed self-driving cars that have logged over 100,000 miles on real roads in real traffic. What's going on inside these cars to make it possible for them to drive themselves? We can take a look at it by looking at Google cars or some of the cars that have participated in DARPA's Grand Challenge. You could, in theory, turn any car into a self-driving car. The first thing you would have to do is make it possible for a computer to control the car. This is not quite as easy as it sounds, but it's relatively straightforward. The computer needs to be able to turn the steering wheel, push the accelerator and brake pedals, move the gear shift control, and start the engine. These tasks, at least in experimental self-driving cars, are often accomplished with electric motors. A motor is mounted so it can turn the existing steering wheel, for example. Another motor is able to put pressure on the accelerator and brake pedals, and so on. It's not a particularly elegant solution, but it gets the job done. As production cars become more advanced, drive-by-wire systems are becoming a lot more common. So, in a like a Prius, a Toyota Prius, if you push the brake pedal, it might go to a computer and the computer actually activates the brakes. There's no direct mechanical linkage between the brake pedal and the brake mechanism. That's called drive-by wire when the computer is sitting there in the middle. In cars with drive-by wire, a computer can hook directly into that existing control system without having to have these motors hanging out in the driver's area. The next thing that a self-driving car needs is sensors, and here things get pretty complicated today. A human being drives his car by using his or her eyes as the sole sensor. The human visual system is amazing in this regard because it's able to accurately judge the presence of obstacles, their distances, their relative size based on distance, their speed, and so on. A human being also recognizes what he or she is seeing. So if a human being sees a fence, you can accurately predict with high certainty that that fence is not going to jump out into the middle of the road and do something to you. On the other hand, if there's a child playing with a ball on a sidewalk, it's a completely different story and humans can recognize that instantly. Computer vision systems are nowhere near this point in their development, so they rely on extra sensors to provide more information. Self-driving cars do have camera-based vision systems, and they use it to see other cars, unexpected obstacles, road markings, signs, and so on. But in addition, self-driving cars almost always have GPS sensors, so they have a better idea of exactly where they are and where they're pointing. They also have LiDAR systems, laser scanners that can look for nearby objects and accurately judge their distance. They also have radar systems normally, and they may have infrared sensors to improve night vision. These sensors all feed into a powerful onboard computer, often multiple computers, that are usually located back in the back hatch area of the trunk. They could fill an entire trunk, in fact. And these process all the data that the sensors are gathering. The internal computer will have access to a database of maps and other relevant information as well. For example, engineers may pre-drive a route and pre-catalog all the signs, road markings, curbs, crosswalks, traffic lights, and so on that the self-driving car will encounter along the road. This way, the car knows what to expect and can plan accordingly. Finally, the onboard computer may also be communicating by radio with bigger computers holding even more data in nearby buildings. You might wonder why the driving task, which seems effortless to just about any normal human adult, would be so hard for a computer. It's because the human brain is deceptive. Although it's small and silent compared to a desktop computer, the human brain still has more power than mankind's biggest, fills-a-whole-building supercomputers. The massive amount of computing power in the human brain is what makes driving appear to be so easy for us. In 30 or 40 years, our computers will have that same kind of power in a small package if things keep progressing at their current rate. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.